0: Alright, hi everyone. Thanks for listening to the Unsigned Sound podcast. This is episode number two. My name is Mike Levan. And uh, we have another Los Angeles local named Katie Ferrara in the studio this week. Katie has been traveling all over the world to showcase her music as she is a very avid busker, which is someone who sings and performs in public places for tips. Uh, Her website, which is katieferrara.com, K-A-T-I-E, Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A dot um, It outlines all the places she busks, so if you're ever in the LA area and would like to see her perform, check out her website, go to the busking locations tab under her about section, and uh, go check her out. She usually broadcasts her busking sessions on Periscope, and I believe she has a busker profile as well. Uh, which are both apps available on iOS and Android devices. I'll put a bunch of links about Katie in the episode's description to her SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, etc. She has two EPs out called Naturally and When Love's Not Around, which can be heard on her SoundCloud. And she is about to release her next EP coming out on October 22nd of this year, 2016. Uh, which will be called Dreamcatcher. So just about a month away, I believe one of the songs featured on this episode will actually be on the new EP and I'd like to play you that one now. So here's one wish. song. I would describe her sound as very smooth and inviting. Uh, Katie certainly has that voice that is just completely transparent and explains what emotions she's feeling uh, or just conveys the general feel of the song as a whole, without a doubt. Katie was actually playing with two other musicians. I don't think she's able to play upright bass, piano, guitar, and sing all at the same time, so she had two other musicians named Jesse David Corti and John Urban playing piano and upright bass, respectively, uh, which made the session a little tricky, uh, but we definitely got it to sound great once we were ready to hit the record button. As with all live sessions, the goal is to have all the musicians feel comfortable, you know, them being able to see and hear each other, as well as to minimize as much bleed as you can from the surrounding instruments. Um, For those of you listening out there who don't know what bleed is, bleed is simply just a sound from one instrument uh, That is being picked up uh, by a microphone dedicated to another instrument So it's uh, a little hard to control and obviously we want to try and minimize that as much as possible For example in this session we had an upright bass which is a very tricky instrument to mic in the first place Uh, Not to mention when you have other sounds competing around the bass like the piano and the guitar and her vocal Uh, At the studio we used the close mic approach and put the microphones as close as possible to each of the instruments So they would mostly pick up what was in front of them Compared to what was around them. Of course, you're not ever going to get rid of bleed uh, in these situations all you can do is minimize it as much as possible, like I've been saying. So going back to the bass, we placed the microphone, which was a Sound Deluxe U195, um, which we pointed right at the F hole of the bass while the instrument was facing the other two musicians. So the microphone was set to the cardioid pattern so it would reject the other sounds in the room. And do you think that was enough? Not so much. Um, We can really do much better and There are these things called gobos in the studio which are basically big panels that you can place around microphones to direct sound toward or away from the microphones. Um, So they not only work as sound absorbers but as diffusers as well. In this session we used a gobo right behind the bass mic and that dramatically reduced the background noise coming from the other instruments in the room. I'll talk more about this in the mixing video of this song Uh, But I wanted to give you something to listen out for uh, when you hear these next two tracks from Katie. So speaking of playing some tracks, I think we'll go ahead and listen to her next tune called Path of Lovers. And if you're listening to this episode on some good good headphones or high-quality studio monitors, uh, take particular notice of the bass and judge if it sounds pretty clear to you.
1: trade my day for one last kiss if you want to we can make
0: Alright, everyone in the studio on that day was tapping their feet and having a good time when the trio played these tunes. Uh, We're going to head right into the artist interview, which will include Katie and Jesse, the piano player. Um, Unfortunately, the bass player, John, had to run a little early, uh, but we were able to get some info on Katie's background and past recording and busking experience.
2: My name is Katie Ferrara, and I'm a local singer-songwriter to Los Angeles. Um, I've been playing guitar for a while now, like over 10 years, and writing songs for much of my life, past like five or six years. I started writing in college, and um, and then I started recording shortly after, um, and so yeah, this this uh this will be my um, third EP that I'm I'm working on right now, um, and I'm really lucky to have John and Jesse playing um, on the EP.
0: Cool. So.
3: Yeah, no, it's Jesse. It's been a whirlwind. Yeah, my name is uh, Jesse David Cordy, and uh, you'll need all three names, or else we'll get my father. But uh, I've known Katie for two years now. Yeah. And we met at uh, singer songwriter.
2: Is Bar Lubitsch. At
3: Bar Lubitsch, yeah. Yeah. And it was wonderful. I, I saw her play with uh, Charles McDonald. and... Cool. Um, uh, I was
2: singing with him that night.
3: Yeah. And uh, he's fantastic. And Katie, myself, uh, we've played with him a number of times. And I just got to know them. And uh, it was just really wonderful getting to know Katie because she has such a big heart and uh, really empathetic spirit and um, where
0: did you say you met Uh,
2: we met at a place called Bar Lubit what
0: is that is that like a oh is it
3: like (laughs) a music venue yeah okay yeah so I mean where uh, is that it, it's over in West Hollywood, uh-huh. um, on Santa Monica between uh, Stanley and Spalding. Oh, I've never heard of it. I only I only know exactly where it is because uh, I do events over there.
2: Well, this uh, venue is really cool because it's it's a Russian themed venue. Mm-hmm. So you wow. go inside and
0: you're like instantly in Moscow. Yeah, yeah we, we keep the air conditioning running. Uh, so oh, yeah, <laughs> very good. Get the bring, full atmosphere. Bring, yeah, yeah. Bring your Foley mirrored coat. Or, or, yeah, yeah, fur uh, you know, alternative fur coat, yeah. Hey,
2: besides the air conditioning, the cool- coolness and the, room, you know, the, the architecture and the, the whole layout is just, it's so cool. There's these big mirrors. There's a huge mirror in, in back of the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a p- actual piano there. There's mm-hmm. not many venues that actually have, like a real piano on yeah. stage
3: yeah it's Essen hotel cafe first stage yeah you know, yeah it's, it's yeah. like as far as like the great places to play mm-hmm. um but uh enough about these great places uh we need to get a little bit more into this album and yeah. how, how talk it happened about, how talk did this about, album happen yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> talk about your other eps too like yeah ev- everything
2: well i guess that that kind of relates to um how i got started in music so um, after I graduated college, I, I went to England, and I, I lived there for a couple of years, and um, I was just playing guitar in a, in a shop on Denmark Street, and I, I met a producer there, and he recorded my first EP and my second EP. Uh, first one is called When Love's Not Around, and the second one is called Naturally.
0: Was that done in England? That was done in cool. London,
2: so he was working at different studios, and I would just go in, like late at night and yeah. just track stuff. <laughs> just
0: just yourself? <laughs>
2: uh, myself and then I, I met other musicians so there there's a um, a website called Gumtree. It's like uh, the equivalent of Craigslist for over musicians? here. Yeah well not just for musicians just that, oh, anything just like you could look Cra- for an it's apartment. It's like
3: UK, UK equivalent like yeah. of gotcha, gotcha.
2: So I was on Gumtree and I found like um, a drummer and I had him play on my tracks and then I just, I went to gigs and I, I met, um, like bass player, um, just, I met other people who played on, on it. And then, um, Jonathan, he mostly played everything. He produced those two EPs. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then I came back to Los Angeles, um, after being abroad and I played around in different venues. Um, but I, I found that like, I, I felt like I wasn't going anywhere with my music you know, I was I was playing in these clubs and like House of Blues. I played at House of Blues like for uh-huh. for yeah. yeah the Hob. The Hob. <laughs> <laughs> I played there like for four months or so. I had like a residency, and I just felt like I was playing in all these Hollywood venues, and um, I was just I was doing the the ticket deal where like you pay oh, to play. Yeah, and I just felt so unfulfilled. Yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, I've been in those situations. It's not. Mm-hmm you always ask the same people and it's just
2: it's just yeah, tough. Yeah, it's, I feel
0: it's tough, tough. it's, it's tough 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 getting
3: traction enough. in LA yeah, uh, yeah. cuz the the saturation of uh, just how many artists are over here right and there's a lot of really talented artists totally. and then on top of that competition between you know people like Katie uh, you know going out and doing their thing la is a massive entertainment hub so then like you're not just competing against people like katie or charles or myself uh, the <laughs> superstars. You're, you're competing against rihanna right jay-z right so like you know if you can pull you know if you, you when you pull a crowd over at a place it really says something about you yeah. know sure it's a testament to the power of how your music's resonating with with someone else with with a with that audience and katie is if she's not at the top, she's she's right up there. Like, yeah. You know, she doesn't have a Taylor Swift team of people uh, figuring out all her marketing stuff. You know, this it's is just this is someone who uh, put up a whiteboard <laughs> with like
0: a, the days of the week. Yeah. And this is what I'll do today. Made a commitment to eight hours. Eight hours.
3: Eight hours a day. Yeah. Every day, saying I'm spending eight hours a day. Forty hours a week on my music because if I'm gonna treat music seriously, I have to I yeah. have to treat it like it's my job. Right, yeah. And that's so that's the only way yeah. really, to get get really <laughs> up there, you know. Well, and you know, she she always put in puts in overtime, but she doesn't really see that, that you know, she doesn't get time and a half for doing that herself.
0: <laughs> well but, let us now recognize her. Yeah, efforts. we are now recognizing <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> I love how you remember that because yeah, Jesse. He, he came to my apartment. And that's like the one story that he tells for, for to music people. for
3: music making. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think.
2: He's like she has this whiteboard and she writes her schedule on it. <laughs>
3: You'd be like, how do you know? How do you know that intimately? No, um, but yeah, no. It, it's just incredible, you know. It's like um, and your songwriting's evolved too. Like from, from your EPs, like mm. you go from songs like Click of the Clock um, and uh, Kiss is Just a Kiss. And now you got these songs like, you know, um, the uh... The ones we just played, Path of Lovers, played. Hiding. Yeah.
2: Um, but, the ones but on like the, the new EP. The
3: EP, kinda, you know, yeah. like, how do you, like, w- like when you look at Katie, Click of the Clock Katie, to, you know, When Stars Collide Katie, <laughs> what, what sort of, um... Is there, like, a massive difference? What sort of change do you see, or approaches, or anything, in your songwriting?
2: I mean, in my songwriting, I feel like um, just the music is gotten more um, not complicated. What's the word? It's just gotten more um, complex.
3: Yeah, there's there's a there's a certain depth in there, both yeah. lyrically and sonically. Yeah, she's really developed a reputation from her time busking in Santa Monica. Yeah, playing over in London. You know, she's. Uh, She's a transatl- transatlantic talent, <laughs> um, and, uh, and a trans talent as well, <laughs> because uh, she is so modest about all of her accomplishments, but um, you should tell them about when you went down under.
2: When I went down under? Oh, Oh, I went to the other side of the world.
3: Yeah, To Australia?
2: <laughs> I went to New Zealand.
0: Oh, New Zealand. Even better. That's, that's like <laughs> way down people. under. <laughs> to some people.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, th- this was last year. So as I was saying, um, when I came back to L.A. Um, after being in, in London, I, I came back and, and I was like, I just felt like my music wasn't going anywhere. And so that's what really triggered me to become a busker and to to street perform because I felt like well you know I really need to um, change something in what I'm doing if I want to see any sort of progress so you know by playing every day out in the street I was getting that practice and I was um, getting the exposure from from people was getting the opportunities that I needed to really um, move forward with my music so um, I submitted a video um, to Feeling the Street. It's a competition. They're actually starting season two right now. Um, they're starting that on July twenty second, um, but uh, I basically submitted a video to them last year, and I got all my friends to vote for it, and and I won.
3: Well, I mean, all your friends is nice, but you also had a bunch of people who saw your video that weren't your friends and voted for you. I mean, yeah. you're a very nice person. You're not, you're <laughs> not friends with everybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you don't know everyone that well, but like just people that were just saw the video just went, "Wow, this is quite a talent." That's
0: cool. I'll vote for that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah
2: people they they voted and um i was one of six street performers from um all over the world we had um a keyboard player from belgium a guitar player from spain um a a bass player from edinburgh um from uh gustavo he he was uh from colombia he played drums and um we all got flown out to New Zealand, and we just had to make music together. We just like had to come up with songs, and then we went on this like That's epic crazy. road trip. Like this was all sponsored by Toyota.
0: Like you had no idea who these people were. Nope.
2: Wow. <laughs> no idea. I don't know if apart it was from work the out.
0: music videos that they yeah. Had. yeah.
2: Oh man. Well, Which... the only other person uh, from LA was was Andrew Fisher, and Andrew. It's funny because like we're both from LA, but we never met each other before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, LA is big. Yeah. <laughs>
2: We, we, the first time we met each other was at LAX and it's funny because like after the trip like we played a show at LAX. Uh-huh. We played at the airport wow. and that was kind of like symbolic of like our, our meeting each other. I've, I've been writing with Andrew ever since that trip like like last cool. week.
0: <laughs> um, Well back on track. Yeah. Uh, so talk about like your latest EP like how was how that all produced and...
2: So this the studio EP you're,
0: you worked at and everything.
2: Yeah, this EP I started uh, last year um, after I got back from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I I started tracking with my friend uh, Patrick Joseph. So um, this one I'm really excited about putting out because the songs are new, the sound is new. I feel like I got I've gotten better as a singer songwriter. Um, I've just made like these really solid relationships with people.
0: <laughs> just, so would you say like busking would be sort of like I mean, would you record them? Like, how would you get, like, your demos done for going to the real studio? Would you do that at all? Oh, yeah. Would you think that busking helps with that? or
2: Getting demos done? Yeah, I don't know. Definitely, because, you know, I think some people, after they write a song, um, it just sits there. They have, like, a demo recording of it, but you know when you're playing the same song over and over again you're really getting a feel for it and yeah. you're, you're getting the right tempo you're getting the, the melody the way you want it you're getting feedback from people yeah. walking by yeah. and it really transforms the song into something that's like ready to record in the studio right you know i, I think there's a whole process um that that comes along with, with demos you know as, as yeah. you're saying like some people some people like to um you know Experiment like on GarageBand. I, yeah. I I do that too. Like, um, yeah. Well,
0: what's your process of, of that whole demo doing? Um, <laughs> demo to full production. Yeah. Well,
2: that, that's, that's a great question. Cause yeah, when when I started playing, I, I bought a microphone. This uh-huh. is my first condenser microphone. What? I got, what um, was it? I got a Rode NT1 Kay. mic, and I know that one. and I got from w- Australia. Yeah, Australian mic. Um and I, it was from the advice of Fernando Perdomo. I, I had posted this like thing on Facebook like, Oh, I ha- I saved up enough money from busking to buy a mic. Yeah. Um those
0: things are like hundred and thirty bucks or something. I don't know. This one two hundred. Two 240. Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. Two
2: hundred and forty bucks. They it was, they
0: advertise as like the quietest yeah. microphone. That's yeah. what it says on the, the box The one the the one mic with like the lowest self noise. I mm. think that's what they say in their ads. Yeah, it's a cool mic.
2: It's a good mic. That's that's what Fernando was saying. And I, I tried it out, and I was like, yeah, this is totally worth the money I paid for it. Because I was yeah. thinking about getting um, – it was a sure – it was a Shure mic. It KSM. A large, KS, yeah, it was a something. KSM. Uh-huh. And I have a video of me playing or singing into one. My friend Jossie had taken a, a video of me on his porch, and I used that mic, and I was like, man, this sounds so good. I really want it. Yeah. And he says, well, that's a large diaphragm. So that's why it sounds so good. Well, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so is
0: the NT1. <laughs> and,
2: uh, and, yeah, NT1 has a large diaphragm.
0: So you would use that mic and... What would you do with it?
2: I use that mic um, just to record my my vocals, and then I, I bought like a, a pencil mic, AKG. Um, it's a a P P one seventy five, I think.
0: One of those l- little like Perception mics. Yeah, yeah. it's a little I one. Think, yeah, okay. To I mic think mic I know what you're guitar. talking about.
2: Yeah, um, and then I I got an interface. I got um, my friends sold me. Um, it's a. Um, M Audio uh, Pro uh, 25, 25. <laughs> yeah, it's a profile. It's an old interface. Oh, profile. Yeah, Profire. Okay, yeah. It's made by M Audio, and yes. um, and I I I liked it because it had eight channels. So like, nice. I was like oh I could do like the vocals and um, and then plug do in my everything. guitar do it, yeah, yeah and mic the guitar and like if I wanted like I, I mostly got this stuff for videos too because yeah I really want to make more YouTube videos and mm-hmm. have just a good quality sound. So it was it was cool to have that, and then I I just started out in GarageBand, yeah. and then and then I moved up to to. Um, so does
0: everyone? <laughs> everybody starts.
2: And I d- I didn't have like a complex setup or anything. I just needed um,
3: something for a workstation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something for people to have a right. basic understanding of what you wanted with the song. Yeah, yeah.
2: And it was cool because I could record parts. Like sometimes I still do this at home. Like someone will be like, oh, I need like background vocals or harmony, so I'll like, go in my closet. <laughs> Set up my mic in there, and I oh Jesse gave me some foam, and he was like oh now you can soundproof your your bedroom so your roommate doesn't complain about you playing. My roommate's so funny. She was like she she she's like if you play Justin Bieber one more time.
3: (laughs) 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 I would have said that, and I'm not your roommate.
0: (laughs) This this last question, I kind of just want to be like for all the artists that come through this podcast. It's uh in one I guess it's not really a, a question, but. I would like you to say in one sentence, uh, tell the audience why you think they should listen to your music.
2: Oh, man.
0: It's a good one, I know. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> such a good question. Um, you should listen to my music because it's genuine, and it conveys a lot of real emotion, and I think um, it'll connect with, with anyone, who listens to it? I think it, it just comes from a very um, genuine, heartfelt place.
0: Cool. Going on to that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I will add the second sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, you listen to Katie Farrar's music because you would want to feel happy and you would want to feel understood. And when you listen to Katie Farrar's music,
0: you feel happy you and feel understood. It
3: raises your spirits and you feel a certain kinship and like she's relating with what i'm feeling and it sounds really great too yeah <laughs> so, well i think so, yeah. i think
0: listeners are really gonna gonna enjoy this session so thanks a lot for coming thanks so much <laughs> well thank thanks, you for making it happen yeah <laughs> all right that's all we have time for this week hope you enjoyed this episode watch all of the music videos of the songs on our youtube channel which I will put in the description, as well as the mixing video for One Wish. Please send me an email at mike at unsigned sound if you have any tips for me, or if you know a band or musician in the LA area who would like to be on the show, just be sure to put artist recommendation in the subject line. Major shout outs to my friend Ryan Jones for making this awesome intro and outro music, and of course to Ready Mix Music for hosting the musicians and this podcast. They're up in North Hollywood if you want to check them out, www.readymixmusic.com. Be sure to check out all of Katie's material using the links in the description, and enjoy the rest of your week on the show with Katie's last song from the session called Hiding.